Welcome to Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Have your Bibles with you. You can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, or you can go in the Version app. You can click events and all the notes will be there for you as well. Uh, we are in the fifth part of our series, The Advantage, and we've been really focusing on the person, power, and purpose of the Holy Spirit and how that affects and shapes our lives and really the benefits of the Holy Spirit in our life and in our heart. In John 16, Jesus really says, it is to your advantage that I go away, and while that may be hard to believe, he says, I'm going to actually send you a helper, the Holy Spirit, uh, so that you're able to continue to move forward with anticipation for the future and not apprehension. And it's the same for us today. And we've been walking through that the past four weeks and really talking about who he is, uh, what he does. And today, the title of the message is, Does He Baptize? Does He Baptize? Now, there's can be some confusion around this. Some of us have never heard anything about the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. Some of us have heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the word baptize means to immerse. That's simply what it means. Most of us have seen water baptism where you immerse them in water and then they're brought back up. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But we're going to talk about does the Holy Spirit baptize and can we be baptized in or with the Holy Spirit today. So I'm going to go through a lot of scripture. Uh, if you know me, I don't apologize for that, but I'm going to show you in scripture what it has to say about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So I have three points today. The first two are shorter and the third one I'll, I'll work through. But the first point is this, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. For by one spirit, that's the subject, we were all baptized into one body, and that's the body of Christ. So does the Holy Spirit baptize us in Jesus? Yes. He does baptize, to really answer the question to the title. He, he does baptize us in to Jesus, and it's important that we understand that, that the Holy Spirit is the, is the bringer. He's the one who actually brings us to Jesus. Uh, many times I get to ask a question about the unpardonable or unforgivable sin that's in Matthew chapter 12. And people come to me and they're kind of worried, have I committed it? And I, said, I typically say to them, hey, be at peace because the people who, who probably are on that side are not coming to me and asking me that question. And they're not worried about it. They're a little bit more defiant because that word blasphemy means defiant uh, irreverence for it. So if you're asking that question, you typically aren't in defiant irreverence of the Holy Spirit. But in this moment... What was happening is that Jesus was doing a miracle. He had done a miracle. He had healed, healed someone who was demon-possessed. He was deaf and mute. He healed him. And then the religious leaders at that time attributed the work of the Holy Spirit or the, in the truth that the kingdom of God had come to Satan. And Jesus corrects them, and he says, a house divided against itself isn't going to stand. I don't cast out Satan with the spirit of Satan. That would be... Uh, useless, and obviously his kingdom would fall apart because it is divided. He's like, but I'm here to do the works of the Holy Spirit. But if you believe the work of the Holy Spirit is demonic, then guess what? You probably never come to him. And if you don't come to him, you actually can't be saved because he's ultimately the one that brings us to Jesus. 
and Jesus is the one who cleanses us and he brings us to the Father. But I just love how it all works together because the Father actually sends Jesus and Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. So they're, they're a trinity that are working together in order to bring us in relationship with him. So it's important for us to do that. Ultimately now, the only reason we don't come to Jesus is because of unbelief. So the Holy Spirit is the one who baptizes us into Jesus. That's the first point. The second thing is this. The disciple baptizes us in water. The disciple baptizes us in water. We had baptisms the week after Easter. But here's what it says in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So after we get saved, we make a public declaration of an inward transformation that God has done in our hearts and our lives. And baptism is a sign, but it's more than a sign. It's us publicly declaring and proclaiming to the world that my life has been changed, that I have been made new. And as we go under the water, it's a declaration that the old is gone, and as we're raised up, that the new has come in our hearts and in our lives, which is why we get baptized after we are saved. So the disciples baptize us in water. But there's a, a verse in Ephesians 4 that talks about baptism. It actually says there's one baptism, but here's why I want to hit on it for a second. People usually argue and say that there's only one baptism, but those people that argue that point actually believe in two baptisms. They believe that the Holy Spirit is the one who we are born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptizes us, but they also believe in water baptism. But I'm here to tell you today that there's not just two, there's actually three. And we're going to work through this third one today, and my hope is that we remain open to what the scriptures would say about this topic because I believe that God wants to move in every single one of our hearts. So here's point number three. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in or with is what you see many times, the Holy Spirit. In Matthew 3, verse 11, it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is John the Baptist. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He, being Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So who's doing the baptism in this verse? Jesus, thank you. We got one? Hey, I love it. I love it. I am talking to you, just so you know. <laughs> thank you for responding back. You can talk back to me, I promise. I won't do any trick questions today. I know sometimes I throw something out, and there's, there's none of that today. I'm going to be pretty clear and pretty straightforward for the most part. So, but John the Baptist isn't talking to just the 12 disciples at this time. He's not even talking to the 120, because obviously he wasn't alive in that moment. He's saying that the baptism that Jesus brings, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is for everyone. This is actually a ministry or a work of the Messiah or the Christ that is to come. That he is going to be the one that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. And it's for all people for all times. And this is important for us to be able to grasp that this is the work that Jesus does. Now you can't separate, uh, put together the two. Theologically, we talked about the Holy Spirit baptizing and Jesus baptizing. But in this, it can't be separated grammatically. Grammatically, they can't be the same thing. 
Many people would say, well, it's the same thing that the Holy Spirit baptizes Jesus. Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. But it actually can't be that way theologically or grammatically with the way that it reads. Because the Holy Spirit introduces us to Jesus, but then Jesus also introduces us in a new level to the Holy Spirit. And they work together in introducing us so that we can walk in a new faith, in a new life, and in the newness of what God has worked in our hearts and in our lives. So salvation is when we are baptized by the Holy Spirit into Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is the one who's doing the action. But the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit is Jesus baptizing us into the Holy Spirit. And that distinction is very important for us to understand because there's been a lot of confusion around that. And I'm going to show you this in the other three Gospels. And here's why it's significant. Because there aren't, uh, actually, let me go about it this way. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as synoptic Gospels, which simply means they're very similar. If you read them, it seems like the stories seem to repeat itself, even though they were written to target audiences. One to to more Jewish people, Luke to the Gentiles, and then uh, Mark through Peter actually dictated a lot of the works. And it's a very fast-moving Gospel. And then John was written many years later, and it's not a synoptic gospel, but it focuses really on the first uh, couple of years of, of Jesus' life. But there were several things that were in all of the gospels, and that is the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the sign of the feeding of the 5,000, and the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So it's actually very important because it's in all of the gospels in The Holy Spirit is making a point when he inspired them to write it that we need to understand that this is a part of the ministry of Jesus. I'm going to read them to you. Mark 1.8 says this, I indeed baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining That's a key word, remaining on him. This is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So the rest of this message, I'm going to really focus on the three baptisms. They're really salvation, water baptism, and then the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you how they all ties together, and this is all throughout Scripture. Um, And I'm going to point these out to you. But one thing we have to remember is that Jesus is our example. Jesus is the one that we look to. He's the He's the forerunner for all of us, so we can look to him. But the first thing we need is that we need to be saved. John 3 calls the word born again, born of the Spirit. We all need to be born again. And when we are born again, we are made perfect in our position, not perfect in our performance. All of us have sinned since we've been saved. And all of us may have sinned this morning as we came and maybe had an argument in the car, said some things we wish we hadn't said. But we are still sinners, so we don't perform perfectly. But as children of God, we are perfect in our position with him. So Jesus is different than us, though, is that he was born right the first time, so he did not need to be born again. So he was sinless. So salvation clearly is there. He's the one who gives us salvation. So was Jesus water baptized? Yes. Okay, Jesus was water baptized. That one's very clear. Not not many people argue about that. The question I have to ask is, was Jesus baptized in the Spirit as well? Yes, he was, he was baptized in the Spirit. For the people that argue against it, I would just say to them, what Bible are you reading? 
because it clearly shows us several times in, in multiple passages that he was baptized in the Spirit. And it said the Holy Spirit descended and remained on him. It descended like a dove. The like a dove is actually a simile. You don't even need that part in the sentence. It could just say the Holy the Spirit descended on him. It was not like a dove, the Holy, like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down upon him like a dove. And it's an important distinction that we realize that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus never ministered without the power of the Holy Spirit. So what makes us think we can? See, the Holy Spirit actually unlocks the potential of ministry. He's the one who empowers us. He's the one who enables us. Here at Gateway Church, we believe in the ministry of the saints, which means I'm not the only minister here. You're also ministers. God, where, God has placed you where he has not placed me. You can reach more people than even I can. Wherever you are, you can be a witness to who Jesus is and the work that he's done in your heart and the work that he's done in your life. You can be a part of ministry. And he wants that for every single person. There's no need to fear because Jesus even told the disciples, you don't even have to worry about what you're going to answer. Just listen to the Holy Spirit and he'll tell you what you should say. And it can be the same for every single one of us because he wants to speak with us and lead us and guide us. But in Acts 10.38... It also says this about Jesus. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So was he anointed by the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit? Yes. Luke 4.18 talks about it. Jesus himself says, as he's reading the passage, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then there's the, the list where he says to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captives. Like, he, that is the work of Jesus, but he was anointed for that. God wants to anoint you for the work and the assignment that he has given you here on this earth to carry, carry out what Jesus did, which is why Jesus was able to say, hey, to your advantage that I go away because now the Holy Spirit can live in every single one of you and you can be ministers. But this pattern is all throughout Scripture of salvation, water, and spirit. In Acts 2, verse 38, I'm going to read several. It said, then Peter said to them, repent. Repent simply means to change your mind. It's the Greek word metanoia. Change your mind. Go God's way. Repent. And let every one of you be baptized as water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 8 verse 12. But when they believed, so that's their salvation, Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name, and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. And they didn't need anything else. They had all that they needed in that moment, right? Actually, that's not what it says. In verse 14, I, I guess that was a trick question. I shouldn't have done that one. Sorry, I won't have it again, I, I promise, I think, for the rest of it. It says, verse 14, Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So he didn't say, oh, they have everything that they need. He's saying they, they, need, they need the Holy Spirit. So he prayed for them that they might receive the Spirit. For as yet 
he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus in water. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So once again, you can see all three, but I want to say something. It simply says they prayed and then they received the Holy Spirit. It's not a struggle for you to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. If we have this something in our mind, a stronghold in our mind that says, I have to clean myself up, I have to be good enough to receive, we're missing the point. We're only made good because of what God has done, and he wants us to fill, fill us with his spirit so that we can be ministers of who he is. Acts 19, this is the story about Paul. It says, and it happened, verse 1, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. So I want to say, are they disciples? Not a trick question. So they are disciples. They are believers, Right? And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, what many of us may have heard or the church we may have grown in, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul, who had his life radically changed in an encounter with Jesus, he travel, he's traveling to Ephesus, one of the greatest apostles who's written over a third of the New Testament, which is a third more than most scholars today. Do you think Paul would have correct theology? I would say that he did, since we're reading most of it, and that's where we get our theology from. <laughs> He's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and he writes a majority of the New Testament. And he shows up to this place where there are disciples and says to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? It's an incredible question. He's saying there's something more that you need here in this moment. In verse 3, and he said, he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Okay, that make, should make it pretty clear. This was one of the passages where I saw, and it became clear to me. It's, it's laid out very clearly that Paul, an apostle, is saying that there was something more that they needed in order to be able to walk in the power of the new life that was given. Now, I don't want to date some of these things a little bit. In Acts chapter 2, it was around uh, 30 AD. And this was the first time when the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. And Peter preached the message. And 3,000 souls were added to the church. The church was, was launched. In Acts 10, it was 10 years later. is the first time it went to the Gentiles. Peter went to the Gentiles and the Holy Spirit fell upon them as well. And then they were actually water baptized after that. The only priority in the, uh, in the sequence, if you want to call it that, is that you be saved first. So, but that was 10 years later. Acts 19, which we just read about Paul, is actually 25 years later, around 55 AD. Paul shows up and asks the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Because it was still a relevant question for them, and I believe it's still a re relevant question for every single one of us today. 
is have we received the fullness of the Holy Spirit since we believed? In 1 John 5, verse 7, it says this, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, which is obviously Jesus, John 1 tells us that, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Remember, they're all in agreement. They all work together. And the Trinity is, a, is really, it bears witness to a supernatural life. But in the very next verse, verse 8, and it said, there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, which I just think it's cool that he's the one who bears witness in heaven and he bears witness here on earth. The water and the blood, and these three agree as one. So you can see the Spirit is there, the water is there, water baptism, and also blood. Ultimately, that's salvation. We're, we're washed in the blood of the Lamb. That's what makes us white as snow. It's Jesus' sacrifice that does that in our hearts and in our lives. So when we're saved, here's how they work together. When we're saved, we become a new person. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Then we get baptized and we baptize the old self and come up as a representation and a proclamation to the world. Then we get spirit baptized and this empowers us to walk in the new life that God has given us. These are what these passages are communicating to us. But all you need to do to be saved is to believe. So this isn't a question that we're talking about today of salvation. All you need to do to be saved is to believe. Jesus on the cross with the thief said, today you will be with me in paradise. The thief in that moment didn't have to say, but wait, I haven't been water baptized yet. Hey, hey, soldiers, would you let me off the cross? I need to go be water baptized, and I promise I will come right back. <laughs> no, that didn't need to happen. He was with Jesus that day simply by believing in him and placing his faith in who Jesus was. But some of us need to be water baptized. Some of us may have even been baptized when we were younger, and now that we've actually made a decision to follow Christ, we need to get water baptized again. But we also need to be spirit baptized, baptized in or with the Holy Spirit. And that's what I, my hope is that I'm explaining to you today. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, it says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. So before we go to this next verse, I want to say something. Moses is actually a type of Christ a type of a deliverer and a savior of the children of Israel. So he would represent their salvation of bringing them out of their bondage in the same way that Jesus does for us. But look at this in verse 2. It says, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Isn't that just a coincidence? That all three are right there into Moses, which represented that salvation. The cloud is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who led them by cloud by day and a fire by night. The Holy Spirit was the one leading them on a continuous basis. And he still wants to do the same for us today. Amen. He wants to lead us and guide us into all truth. And in the sea, if you remember the Red Sea, what happened? Egypt was behind them. They were chasing them. Their old life was gone. And they were passing through the sea that was walled up on each side. And it represented the new life that God was bringing them into as he was taking them to the promise. This is what was happening even for the children of Israel at this time. Once again, it's all throughout Scripture. And 1 Corinthians 10 said this is actually for your instruction. That for us today to know of what happened then is still relevant today. The final thing I want to go through is the tabernacle of Moses. Tabernacle of Moses, if, if you were to go and kind of 
look for a picture, uh, you would see that there was one entrance. There was only one way in to the presence of God. And then there was an outer court. And then there was an inner court, which had the holy place and the, the most holy place, or the holy of holies. This was where the presence of God was. This was the goal for them to get into the presence of God. But only the high priest could go in to the holy of holies once a year to sacrifice for all of their sins. But in order to get there, there was a process that the priests had to go through. Whenever they would enter in, there would first be the altar where they would sacrifice a lamb or a bull or whatever it was. That represented their salvation, the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. Then after they went next, there was a, a laver that was there that, that had water in it, and they were supposed to wash themselves. That represented water baptism. But there was one more thing that they had to do before they went into the presence of God, and every single priest had to do this. There was a flask of anointing oil. They all had to be anointed with oil in order to be able to go into the inner courts where the presence of God was. And many of us, if you've read the Old Testament before, you, you saw what happened to people whenever they did not actually go through the process that God had designed because we don't get to make the rules of how to approach God. But here's a question I have for us. Many of us, salvation, yes, we want salvation. I mean, if it, some of us hear, hey, water baptism, hey, I, I need to be water baptized. Then we say, hey, you need to be baptized in the spirit as well. And you think to yourself, well, I've heard that's a little bit weird. I'm just going to skip that part. And here's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're going to die. That's, but here's what I am saying. Is it a possibility that why many Christ, this is why many Christians are living in bondage and they're living a defeated life? Because they're actually missing the power of the Holy Spirit to live out the new. That when they went in the presence of God, they would receive everything that God had for them. I'm trying to say this is for you. This is for your benefit. This is for your family. You can experience the peace that passes all understanding. Who has that? The Holy Spirit does. You can experience the joy that comes from being in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives that to us. We can experience his love because God is love and his spirit lets us know that we are children of God. He's the one who seals us. So it's important for us to grasp that God wants to give us life. And remember, this is a gift from Jesus. And if Jesus is going to give a gift, I'm going to do everything in my power to receive what he wants to give us. Amen? And we should do the same. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. At the end of every single service, we ask the question, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me through this message? Some of us may be in that place where there's been that stronghold. We may have heard teaching against the Holy Spirit. We may have thought it was weird. We may not have realized that God wanted to do something in our hearts and in our lives. Some of us may be at that place even today where we're still learning. And my hope is that today, whether you're in this room, whether you're watching online, that you would see that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is something that Jesus wants to do in all of our lives today. And in a moment here, we'll have people that are down at the front just like we always do. And if you're going through anything at all, financial burden, emotional, whatever it is you may be going through, don't leave 
this place today without praying and joining your faith with someone so you don't have to carry that burden alone. We believe that the Holy Spirit wants to move in your situation so you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come down and receive prayer. But as we are about to go into this psalm, before we do, I want to take a moment and really ask Jesus to fill us with his spirit, to fill us with who he is. We all need it, and some of us need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. That happened several times throughout Scripture. But I believe that as a church, as we come together, imagine what it would be like if hundreds, thousands of people were filled with the Spirit and walking out in power. That's what he wants for you. So I just want to pray for all of us today, and you can put your hands out front in a receiving posture. And I just want to pray that we would all receive what Jesus wants to give. So Father, we thank you that you sent your son to the earth who gave his life for us. And he was raised from the dead and he promised to send us a helper. To help us every single day to lead us and guide us into all truth and in the same way we receive you, Jesus. It's by grace through faith. It's the same way we receive the Holy Spirit. You've given us your graces by faith. So I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for myself that you would fill us with your spirit in its fullness. That you would give us the power, enable us and empower us to walk out the life that you've called for us to walk out. I pray that we would experience your love in a new and fresh way. I pray that we would experience your peace in a new and fresh way. That we would experience your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness. That we would experience self-control in a new and fresh way. I pray that you would produce that in every single one of our lives. I pray that we would receive you in its fullness. And we ask for forgiveness if we ever have come to the place where we have shut out the Holy Spirit's work in our life. But today, Jesus, we say we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is a part of our inheritance, this is a part of the promise, and we say that we receive it today in its fullness. And I pray that we would have the power to walk out in the new, that we would hear your voice more clearly than we ever have before, that when we read your word, revelation would jump off the pages to us because you are there with us. And as we come into your presence, Lord, that we would leave with everything that you want to give us. And I thank you for that right now. It's in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you live in the Houston area or are in town for a visit, we would like to invite you to join us for a service. For service times and location, or more information about Gateway Church, follow us on social media or visit our website, gatewayhome.com. Have a blessed week.